Welcome to the Escaping Enemy Mode podcast, a podcast to help you recognize when your brain is treating others as enemies to be defeated instead of as people to be loved. With neuropsychologist Jim Wilder and Brigadier General Ray Woolridge, we'll discover the ways that Enemy Mode sabotages our best intentions and we'll find pathways together to refriend the people around us. Let's get to work. Well, good morning, uh, Jamie. Good morning, Heather. Friends, we're, we're delighted to have coaches from the Colorado School of Mines women volleyball team. And we have Jamie mm-hmm. Mongale and Heather Roberts, who've been working together for more than a decade, uh, coaching together, actually close to 15 years, right? You're right. And they've had a winning program at the Colorado School of Mines, and yet they their story is told yes. in our book, and they realized years, a couple years ago they needed to work on some things and got a leadership coach who started helping them, and they recognized some enemy mode in how they'd been operating as coaches and in their players. And, and one of the things about enemy mode, you know, uh, when we talked earlier, um, I didn't even use this term because I didn't know it back then, and then we wrote the book, and, and Jim Wilder educated me on state-dependent learning. And, and that's how the brain needs to learn fast responses when the game is on, so to speak. you got to be able to recognize enemy mode when you're in it. And so in light of uh, what you're doing this season and last season, what we talked about as we wrote the book, what options, new options have popped into your minds now that you're teaching your players to escape enemy mode? Well, I think the first one is <clears throat> when you can feel where you kind of that state you're in. I think the old way of us would have it's, we would always impulsively react. So whether we would say, or we would make a change of some sort. And now I feel like awareness is the first thing I feel. And then, you know, for the most part, I think the one thing, I've personally made a change is um, just allowing a little bit more space in the situation. Um, Let me see the whole thing before I impulsively react. Um, I think with the space comes, you know, I get to take a few more breaths. I get to see the big picture. Um, So maybe it's space and time is kind of where um, I see the biggest difference between even identifying what that word enemy mode is and what it, what it means. Heather, how about you? Yeah. You know, I I think you guys are are completely on it. Um, As far as can I recognize myself being in enemy mode? You know, can I, can I feel those feelings and have a a solution for it? Um, You know, the, the clenched jaw, or the, the, the holding of my breath, right? When maybe situations are, are tight, why are those things happening in my body? Mm. What is being mm. created? And it's almost as if my body is the biggest cue, you know, um, to be mm. like, okay, whoa, pause, breath. W- what is being created right now? Mm. And, and a lot of times what's being created is, is what we you know now call enemy mode. And, by even just listening and, and hearing yeah. the cues that our body is giving us, we can find ways to quote unquote mm. escape it. And, and sometimes that's an exhale. Sometimes, you know, that's, you know, looking at, you know, a counterpart 
which is, you know, Jamie across from me is the head coach. And, you know, she could see that and be like, phew, okay. I just realized I'm here. I'm back now, you know, and having that outward conversation about it. Yeah, I think there is constant communication um, between Heather and I in moments that would normally trigger us. Um, it's been part of the process, I think, of improving in this category is to have that constant communication of maybe even accountability and then kind of talk through what our next step is going to be. Yeah. So if a minute ago, Heather talked about her, her body, when she, her jaw is clenched, when she's holding her breath, that's, that, those are tells in her body. What about you, Jamie? What do you notice in your body when you're going there? Um, I don't think I take deep breaths. I think my breath comes a little bit shorter. Um, I can feel a little bit more in my chest and neck. You know, everything is kind of like rising up. Um, where I think breathing can push it all back down and almost recenter myself so I can um, do my job, you know, see the whole court, see the whole situation um, so I can figure out what my next move is going to be. You know, in volleyball, um, it's rally scoring. So everything is a point. And so it's, it's a really fast paced game and um, without finding ways to recenter ourselves, we're going to get behind and we want to make sure that we can stay with the game, if not even a little ahead of the game. And so, you know, the breathing element is, I think, been a key role um, of awareness for myself. Yeah. How about with your players? Um, You talked about uh, helping them learn to recognize and escape. What are you noticing in your work with them? I'm noticing... Um, a big improvement in everybody feeling a little bit more relational in the conversations that we have. You know, I think that's been um, a big space that we've been diving into with our players. It's an area that um, unfortunately we didn't, you know, have as much of um, before we started to realize we needed to make some changes. And so, finding just like this relational space where we can have conversations. And um, I just, I feel like we get further along when we get to stay in that space. You know, I'm going to add that real quick from the standpoint of, you know, that's where having a staff as a team is important. Um, You know, we can recognize a lot of times too from our players when we see their body reactions, right? Or their shoulders starting to get a little tighter or holding a breath or maybe turning a little pale in the face, right? And coming back to that relational side, even from just cracking a joke, right? Where where it kind of helps them escape that moment for a second and remember, hey, I enjoy this. Hey, this is fun. You know, are we having fun right now? And just... Creating that moment of a laugh um, can push that reset to bring them back to us. Yeah. Even, even just looking them in the eye and smiling. Yes. Just, you know, a happy look on your face. You, you talked last, when we talked about the book, you, you both mentioned 
certain personal things you had started to do and how you dealt with conflict on the team. You know, you, so you involved them in your lives a little more. You used humor a little more. You handled conflict more relationally. What other changes have you seen? Well, I think um, the big one is we're enjoying what we're doing. You know, we we have a great opportunity for coach for coaching a university uh, where these athletes are just phenomenal students, and um, they're very hardworking. They're they're leaders in their area, um, and there's a high expectation on them at all times between school and then coming into volleyball. And I think the area that you know has has been a, a good realization for uh, myself and Heather is, you know, finding joy in, in what we're doing for a living, you know, and um, enjoying doing it with this team and with this group of girls. Mm-hmm. And every season and every year um, is a little bit different from a personnel standpoint, but, but, our goals are the same as far as finding the joy in what we're doing. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. It is it's very important. And and with that, I think, you know, with your question, something that we have really made a priority because it's hard to find joy without rest. And as Jamie mentioned, you mm-hmm. know, we are at a rigorous academic institution um, and the, the, the girls work really hard in the classroom. They work so hard in the classroom and they do such a good job there. You know, we need to be a space that can also provide them with rest. Mm. And uh, so that they can be their best selves so that they don't turn mm. in enemy mode towards volleyball, towards school, you know, towards their peers. Um, and we've, we've, you know, canceled some practices, you know, sometimes mm. even the day before a game because we have put their rest as more important. Hey, that's so counterintuitive what what you're both saying there. Uh, Really, uh, joy and rest are flip sides. I mean, and you can't have one without the other. And but what you just said is so counterintuitive. Oh, we're going to take a break. No, we need to work harder is is kind of what. Yes, I think the easy thing sometimes um, if we don't stay consciously aware of of what we're working on is to keep pressing the pedal. We got to do this more. We need more reps. We got to, we got to work this out before the game this weekend. You know, Oh, we're not training enough. Push, 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 push. And I think specifically at a school like ours, but in general, we have noticed a huge improvement in the state of which they enter, you know, the weekend matches when they do have, time to rest and they can choose how they want to use that rest time. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe Mm. it's um, read a book that's unrelated to school. Maybe it's listen to music. Maybe it's take a nap. I mean, they all, they all use it differently, but either way, it's just kind of relieving the pressure expectation um, that comes with maybe a practice or a training session. Yeah. So one last question for our audience. Uh, what would you say to a coach? And they could be at any level. They could be coaching Little League or they could be po- coaching high school or whatever. What, would you, what advice would you have for the coaches out there who listen to this podcast? My advice would be 
um, seeing ourselves and our program through this transition. Um, I, I don't know if I ever want to go back. I want to stay on this path where we are relational, where we can stay centered with our breath, um, especially in the heightened moments where we can enjoy our job. We can enjoy the group that we're coaching. Um, it is a completely different, um, way of thinking. It's more enjoyable. I can go home after work and um, I feel good about the day. I feel good about the week. Um, and in, in turn, I'm a better mom and I'm a better wife. And so I think there's really not a whole lot of negative, but it is work and it is something that we have to stay on top of each other when it comes to um, accountability because it's, it's an active thing that we've got to work on every day. Beautiful. Heather? Yes. You know, I'll piggyback on that from the standpoint of this is a process. And it's a process that really I don't see has an end. Um, it, it's a daily choice, you know, and it's important with that choice to have someone who can help you in that process. You know, Jamie and I have each other to help with that. We have, you know, Lori Mateer to help with mm. that. You have to surround yourself with people with the same goal that want to help you escape enemy mode. Because at the end of the day, being able to escape that allows us to enjoy our players, enjoy our families, right? Enjoy the job that we do. Um, but you got to have help. And you also have to know that you're going to mess up. There's no like, I've got it, right? There's going to be moments and it's okay to work through those. Um, but just have a team around you to help with that. You know, even if you're coaching at the little league, at the cutest little five-year-old level, you're going to have moments of frustration where you're in that enemy mode moment, you know, start to, start to embrace knowing you're in it and finding people who can help walk you with, walk through it with you. Well, it has been great to talk to you both, uh, Jamie and Heather. Um, you're on the road. You got a big game today. The season's going well, but thanks for taking the time. And uh, I look forward to you receiving your copies of Escaping Enemy Mode, and you should have them really soon. So thanks so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Ray, thank you so much for that interview with Jamie and Heather. Um, and just how fascinating it is how the emotional intelligence of understanding enemy mode can affect something even, even how well a volleyball team performs um, that there are benefits throughout our lives to being able to, to stay relational and work together well as a team. And one of the aspects that Jamie and Heather talked about quite a bit that I really wanted to lean into and get a better understanding of, because I think there's a lot of, of pay dirt when we learn to understand it is state dependent learning. And so Jim, could you give us a, a quick flyby on what is state dependent learning and how does it relate to escaping enemy mode? So if we're going to learn something that we can use under certain conditions, we often have to learn it under those same conditions. So when I'm scuba diving, I had to learn to do underwater the things that I was going to be doing underwater didn't help a lot that I could do them up in, in the regular air. 
because uh, those weren't the conditions I was going to experience. One of the reasons why the German soccer team used to be very good at passing foot to foot is because they'd play in the snow. And so if you hmm. along the ground, it, would, it wouldn't roll right. Uh, and it's, there's been a couple of funny soccer games I've watched where a tropical team has come up and played like in Canada in a snowstorm for the first time ever. And mm -hmm. it, you know, it was a disaster for the team, the team that didn't know those conditions. And Ray, what is the role of a team in state dependent learning? So if you, if you need to be in, let's say a, a pressure filled state to kind of teach yourself how to respond in a positive way in that pressure filled state, what is the role of the people around you? Jamie and Heather talked about that a lot of the importance of a team and being able to remain relational and to act like yourself. How do, how do you see that role being played out in a team? Well, it's probably what we call attunement. So, mm -hmm. so at some level they're, they're attuning with each other verbally, nonverbally, and, and, and they're just monitoring what, what's going on in the other person in the moment. And so, uh, uh, it, it's, uh, it's a look in the eyes, you know, and so if you notice something about how I'm responding, you look in my eyes and maybe raise your eyebrows, you know, mm -hmm. it could be a word, Hey, I think you're going into enemy mode right now, or I think, I think you need to take a breath, you mm -hmm. know, Jake, Jamie and Heather also, uh, they do that with one another. They talk mm -hmm. about, uh, we, we both realized that we were going back to an older neural pathway, an enemy mode way of, of dealing with the situation. And so, um, I mean, enemy mode is best defeated together mm -hmm. and you have to recognize it when you're in it. That's what state dependent learning is all about. And so what does your, we're going to talk about later, what does your body feel like when you're in enemy mode? I mean, the gold mm -hmm. standard this is to recognize what your body is starting to feel like before anyone else notices. Mm. And, uh, I'm, I'm not real good at that all the time. And, and my wife is real good at it. It's like she has the, <laughs> yeah. this, uh, relational radar happening. And, and if I'm, if I'm not a calm presence, a peaceful presence, mm -hmm. so I'm an anxious presence. Mm -hmm. she, she could just gives me a look in the eyes and I, and I'm making her jittery because I'm jittery and I'm jittery because mm -hmm. of why. Well, maybe I'm going into enemy mode. So mm. I think we, we have to help each other. Well, in terms of working together, the other thing is that it's one thing to notice your energy state when you're just by yourself, right? Right, Ray? You That's know, right. There's no interference. But sports and uh, team activities and family life involve engaging with other people while you're already a pretty decent energy level and mm -hmm. and matching that energy with other people so if if your player your player that you're passing back and forth with is speeding up you got to speed up if they're slowing down you got to slow down if they're uh stopping to take their breath you got to do that too and so being able to read other people and yourself at the same time is a very much an acquired skill that will you'll only learn under the conditions uh, that you'll be performing in. So whether it's a family mm -hmm. skill or a, or a team skill. And, and one of the reasons we, I think we like to have our kids join sports activities so much is that we really want them to learn how to synchronize their energy level and their cooperation and their goal reaching and all that sort of stuff, the stuff that, uh, you know, ultimately ends up in severe training for army rangers and stuff like that under really difficult conditions. But to learn to do that cooperatively with other people uh, is something that uh, requires a lot of experience. And where do you, mm -hmm. where can you put a good strain on people mm -hmm. uh, and let them learn without having 
serious consequences and sports is that environment. But then if your brain gets into enemy mode, then instead of learning how to cooperate with other people, your your brain is now focused on how to make other people lose and take them mm-hmm. out. And that's like, yeah, you know, that's not what we wanted sports to do for our kids. Mm. Yeah. And right now, as we're recording, the, the World Cup has just started. And I was just watching some of the games and I was noticing a few interesting things. As we've been talking about enemy mode, it's made me more attuned to body language and how a team is working together. And I noticed that every time there's a shot on goal, the the goalkeeper, which is the position I played as a kid, gets up. And the first thing that he does is he berates his own team members for letting that happen. And I just wonder how how that sort of like inner conflict would affect the team. Like, how does that affect the people playing when the next time it comes up, are they now afraid of making a mistake versus kind of being fueled by we're in this together and we're going to do a great job. And that's something that it seems like from our conversations, Jamie and Heather were really attuned to of they noticed the shoulders slumping. They noticed the, the eye contact being lost among the team members. And that's something that they seem to take a focus on and trying to make sure was in a healthy level of, being able to see the body language and respond. So Jim, how do you think the body can be a signal for coaches and leaders into what's going on with the team? Well, certainly you notice when somebody's body isn't synchronizing with the other players, you get somebody who's just sort of become the, they think they're the only person on the team and they're not matching energies with others. And and you watch that by watching their body, not by being able to read their thoughts. Uh, but the the other thing is um the uh if you're if you're monitoring other people's body you can actually anticipate what's going on and really good players know the other mm. people on their team and they can anticipate from very small things where the next play is going what they're going to do together and mm-hmm. it's it's a group thinking that's done almost entirely by watching other people's bodies uh, you know every once in a while they'll shout something or another but that's usually just to get somebody's attention. It's never to explain. Now let's just go up and we'll we'll do this play and you'll go around behind the you know, the linesman and I'll throw the ball to you or whatever it is. You don't mm-hmm. say those things. You read all of that from knowing each other's uh body signals. Um mm-hmm. and you you even know when someone's gonna get hurt uh by watching uh, you know, where their bodies is reaching maximum uh, capacity to sort of keep it fun and safe and all those other things it, that all comes down to reading out what people's bodies are telling us. You have to be alert to do that. And one of the most interesting things that it seemed that Jamie and Heather were alert to in their, in their team was rest of when their team felt like they didn't have enough rest to perform at their best. And so they, they would change schedules to provide space to recover. And that seems like such a counterintuitive mood for, for a collegiate sports where it seems like push, push, push is constantly the answer. And so Ray, how does, how does a lack of rest or a lack of sleep affect a team's ability to perform together? Well, we were created to need rest 
We were created to need to recovery time. Anybody who knows anything about physical conditioning knows that you can't do uh, hundreds of pull-ups every day, seven days uh, in a row. Very rarely mm -hmm. can someone do that. Their body needs to rest. Your body needs to rest so you can recover. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you do permanent damage. So, mm -hmm. uh, And in the same way, every night while you're sleeping, your brain is resetting itself. And mm. your brain is rinsing your whole, your whole body is being reset from, from the brain. So Jamie and Heather realized that they were pushing harder and, and it was a law of diminishing returns. Not only were they not enjoying what they were doing like they once did, but they were wearing people out. They were overwhelming people. And so they realized, mm -hmm. well, wait a minute, let's read the players and so they tell this powerful story of it was midterm time in the season. There was a real important game right in the middle of that. The players had been working like crazy, but they were exhausted. Mm -hmm. And so they decided to do something they'd never tried before. Let's give them tomorrow off. And, and it, it, it's counterintuitive, but actually uh, we're created to need that. And what happens to the human brain, Jim, when it gets so depleted on rest? Well, it's certainly tied to all kinds of illnesses. It's uh, during the rest cycle is when you actually um, do your regrowing of injured parts. Uh, it's also when your immune system gets a chance to uh, stop. And your brain actually uses all kinds of energy. It's one of our biggest energy burns. And that creates a toxic buildup. So during your rest cycle, the brain goes through and flushes itself and gets all the toxins out. So if you don't rest, you're actually building up toxins inside the brain that reduce its capacity to to uh, respond when you need that extra burst. Hmm. And so part of why you strain yourself is you want to actually open the, the window, the envelope a little bit. You know, you, you actually could probably do more than your brain has learned it can do. So you have to stretch that. But you mm -hmm. don't trust anyone who just keeps stretching and stretching and stretching you. They go like, well, that's enough. Okay, let's, uh, you know, let's take a break. Let's refresh. Let's heal. Mm -hmm. uh, and then we'll, we'll push ourselves again. And so building trust in a team is built not by who pushes you the hardest, but who lets you rest when you need to. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a rhythm you have to maintain. Yeah, that seems like the real wisdom that is required for leadership of knowing when to push and when to rest and how to to keep that relationship healthy and strong so that people can perform at their best. Um, so for those of our listeners who are are wanting to grow, whether they are leaders themselves or they're a part of a team, what do you think are some next steps that they could take um, to incorporate state-dependent learning uh, into their their processes of how they're growing? How can state-dependent learning help them grow? We have to keep ourselves relational in whatever state we want to teach anybody else about. So if your brain goes offline, you get into enemy mode, uh, you're not going to be teaching other people how to work together, how to be relational. You're not going to be reading them very well because the brain the enemy mode is actually an impaired state. It, it's not getting all the signals it needs. So uh, really key, key to uh, uh, training anybody or working together is noticing when I've lost my, my, re my relational thinking. I've lost my curiosity. I've, 
Uh, I'm starting to show the signs of enemy mode. I don't want to hear what you've got to say. Uh, I'm starting to watch my narrow, my vision narrow and my blood pressure go up. Uh, I'm just starting to think about how to make you lose or how to make this stop. All of those are signs that we're not in a position to train anybody right now. We have to get ourselves back to the basic human condition that, you know, state dependent learning, the state we want to learn in is a relational state. So this works out for everybody's, everybody's well-being and everybody's good. And so detecting if we're in the right state or not ourselves is half of it. And then you have to be able to go into the stressful uh, conditions, whatever they are, and sports provides those in a nice way, uh, in those conditions and say, now let's practice staying relational here while we're doing the thing we want to do really well. I would say pay attention to your body. I would say no, monitor what you're feeling and and uh, what's your body telling you. Um, and, and this is a growing edge for me. Um, I was uh, uh, kind of low-level overwhelmed all day on Saturday, and I hmm. didn't pay attention to it. And it created a kind of an anxious uh, uh, anxiety around me and the people around me. And by the end of the day, all of a sudden, I realized, why, why am I feeling this? Why, why am I overwhelmed? And, uh, and it took some moments of quieting and uh, talking with my wife to realize, oh, wait a minute, here's why. Here's, hmm. here's what that was all about. And so I'd say pay attention to your body and then mm-hmm. talk about it with somebody you trust. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for, for that conversation. And thank you to Jamie and Heather um, for kind of leading us into this conversation on state-dependent learning and enemy mode. And we wish them the best with their volleyball team and pray for continued success as they they work together towards these shared objectives. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys again soon. You've been listening to the Escaping Enemy Mode podcast. To learn more about the book by Dr. Jim Wilder and Ray Woolridge, visit escapingenemymode.com.